The summer after my freshman year at Ozark Christian College here in town, I did a thing called Camp Teams. Now, a camp team is a group of college students that travel around the country going to Christian camps, basically teaching and, and being small group leaders and recruiting students, high school students, to hopefully come attend their Bible college after high school. And so I traveled all around the country, and my favorite month of the year, my favorite time on camp teams was when I spent a month in Oregon and Washington. And I did, yeah, there's someone from there. Yeah, woo, way to go. Got you. Yeah, so it was great. I'd never been to the Northwest before. Beautiful, beautiful uh, part of the country. Um, went to lots of different camps, experienced lots of different things. There was camp on the beach, camp in the woods. There were Christian church camps or charismatic camps we went to. And it was just an incredible experience. And my eyes totally opened in lots of different ways. But one of my uh, favorite stories is when I was leading uh, this cabin of these freshman, sophomore students, uh, cabin seven. And I was their uh, cabin leader. And uh, I, uh, we had free time one day. And I was like, hey, I'm going to go do some team building exercises with my cabin, with my boys. And so we went out to this ropes course and there's a thing called a trust fall. Anyone know what a trust fall is? A trust fall is a platform, you know, about this high off the ground and you get someone on top of the, 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 the platform and they stand like this with their back to the people on the ground. They put their arms on their chest and then the people on the ground stand here right next to the platform on the ground though. So they're way up here and have their arms, you know, like almost like a gauntlet where there are two sides and you have all your arms there and, and they fall into the people's arms backwards. And so you have to trust that people on the ground are gonna catch you, right? So, does you understand how the trust fall works? Okay, so I need some volunteers today. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. So I got, I got my cabin and we got uh, all the guys on the floor and I got a guy to get up on the platform to fall first and we're all ready to go and I'm trying to coach, I'm trying to inspire him to do everything I can and he is frozen in fear. I mean, he's up there and he is just, his legs are shaking. He's not moving. He had to like crawl off the platform. He was just so frightened. And I was like, man, come on, you can do it. We're right here. We catch you. We won't drop you, I promise. Right, guys? They're like, yeah, sure. You know, and they're scared too. They're like, let's do this. You know, they'd not ever really been to church before, church camp before, never done this. And I'd done this dozens of times. And so finally a light bulb went off. I was like, oh, they need a model. They need a witness. They need a forerunner, someone to show them how, what blind trust looks like. So I got up on the platform. I got those guys down there. I said, okay, you know what, guys? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to them. I mean, it was a beautiful sermon. And, and, and they're like, oh, they're weeping. It's wonderful. I'm like, I trust you all. I know you're gonna catch me. I know, I trust you totally, completely. Look, watch, I turn around. I got my back arched just right, arms on my chest, and I just swan dived, you know? It was beautiful, perfect 10 in the Olympics, you know? It was great. And I just, just fell straight back through their arms, <laughs> smacked the ground. The forest thudded with my back, shook the trees, and they thought they killed their cabin leader. I mean, it knocked the air out of me. I made one of those sounds, and their eyes were this big. I'm just like, and I get up, and I'm like, I'm okay, I'm okay. I'm having to catch my breath. Dusting myself off. No one else did a trust dive that day. <laughs> I wonder why. You see, that's what happens with so many of us in our lives, and I'm sure maybe that's you today too. You've taken a jump. Maybe we're talking about the, the idea of new beginnings. 
Like you can get a new beginning, a new start, a redo. And maybe for you, you want that so desperately today. You want to take a jump. You want to take a step. You would love to be able to trust fall into someone else's arms. But the last time that you did that, you fell flat on your back. And you don't know if you can do it again. You don't know if you can trust someone again. The disappointments of the past the failures of others that you trusted are keeping you frozen in fear on that platform, unwilling and unable to take that leap. Maybe you're asking this question today. How do I get a new beginning when I'm frozen in fear? You desire a new attempt to get healthy physically, but you're afraid of judgment from those who know that you have tried before and failed. Maybe you want a new start with your mom or dad at a healthy relationship, but you're panicked that the past pains are too great to overcome. Maybe for, uh, you hope for a new beginning with your faith, but you're cautioned by the condemnation of Christians who know that you have fallen away. Maybe that question resonates with you this morning. How do I get a new beginning when I'm frozen in fear? See, the thing about the trust fall is this. It doesn't matter how great you are at, at, at falling. Like That's not what makes a trust fall successful right? Sure, if you fall and you start wailing your arms, you could punch someone down on the way. But the, really the key to the trust fall is not, let me give you a good technique for trust falling. It's, no, 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 no. It's whose arms are you falling into? Like, do you trust them or not? And that's why in the gospel of John, this, gospel, this book about Jesus' life that we're studying from now through Easter, we're looking just at these 14 verses for Christmas because John spends so much detailed time in those first 14 verses called the prologue, just focusing our eyes, not on the dive. He talks about that later. He talks about that all throughout the gospel, but he wants to focus in on, let me tell you about whose hands you're jumping into. Let me tell you about the word. In the beginning was the word. The, that's Jesus. He was with God. He was with God. Through him, all things were made. This is who you are jumping into. These are whose arms and whose hands you're falling into. And you can trust him. And so this is why in these verses we're looking at today, he wants to focus our eyes on the hands that you're falling into on Jesus. But he also wants to show you, let me show you someone else who fell into God's hands. Let me give you a model, a witness, a forerunner. The guy's name is John. It's John 1, 6 through 8. There was a man... Did you catch that? It's not like an angelic being or, or it's not Jesus. It's not God incarnate, God becoming in flesh. No, no, it's just a regular man, a Joe Schmo like you, like me. There's a man sent from God. God sent him. He knew he needed someone like that. His name was John. We call him John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. There's two truths that I want to pull out from these three verses. First is this. God has gone before you. God has gone before every single one of you. No matter what story you're living out, what situation you find yourself in, what hell on earth you're experiencing today, God has gone before you. Whatever situation, it's not new to God. He's helped countless others work through situations just like that. And he's already at work ahead of yours, preparing a way for you to work through that situation with him. Every single one of us here today, listening here in this room or online, every single one of us are listening to a message because someone has been a model and a witness and a forerunner to our life to get us here in this moment. We all have been. Maybe it's a dad or a friend or a coworker or another pastor. 
Are names coming to your mind? Who, which people have directed your life to Jesus, has pointed to your life to Jesus so that you're sitting in this room listening to a sermon about Jesus? Who is that? Who has God put in front of you? Maybe they've gone through a crisis that you're now going through. There's power knowing others who have struggled through the same things you are struggling with now and have made it out to the other side. See, God, he goes before you. Anyone know the name Roger Bannister? Roger Bannister was the uh, first man to run a mile in less than four minutes. You see, before Roger Bannister did it, it, everyone thought it was humanly impossible for a human being to run a mile in less than four minutes. It wasn't gonna happen. It was like, there's something with our genetic makeup, our biology. No one can do that. Impossible. And then, in 1952, Bannister broke the threshold. He was the model, the witness, the forerunner. Then check this out. 46 days later, month and a half, Australian John Landy broke the four-minute mile mark and broke the record at three minutes, 57 seconds. It's because... Bannister went ahead of him. And that mental model of saying, that's impossible, you can't do that. Someone else broke it. He said, well, if they can do it, so can I. But listen to this. Nine years later, Jim Ryan became the first high schooler to break the four-minute mile. To date, 1,500 men have broken the four-minute mile mark since that day in 1952. What was once seemingly impossible only needed one forerunner to enable so many others to do the impossible. God has gone before you. He has prepared the way for your fears to no longer be the masters of your life. He has given you models and witnesses and forerunners to show you that you can get through this crisis, this situation, this reality, no matter what it is, because God has rescued others as well as he will and can and is willing to rescue you. He gives you a forerunner because he, he, he goes before you. And number two, God knows what you need. We all need confidence and the one whose hands we're jumping into. We want a new beginning, but fear has frozen us in our current reality. That's why God gives us John. He gives us a witness. Look at verses seven through eight again. He came as a what? As a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him, through John's witness, through John's testimony, all my belief. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. You know what witnesses do? Witnesses don't point you to themselves. All a witness does is says, well, let me tell you how I saw it. Let me tell you what happened to me. Let me tell you my story. Let me tell you my testimony. Let me tell you my experience. That's what a testimony is. It's testifying to what happened to me and what I saw and telling it to someone else. That's what a witness does. A witness is not the light. Witnesses point people to the light. So last, last spring, I went on a backpacking trip with my former uh, youth pastor, Mike Havens. Um, now, I'm not a hikey, hiker, back, I don't even know how to say it. I'm not one of those. Backpacker, I guess. Um, so this is kind of a new trip. I was like, you know, I need to, I guess you're supposed to love nature and I'm really working on that. I'm like, that's not my pathway at all to God. Um, but uh, I don't know why you'd go outside when you can be on a couch at 72 degrees Fahrenheit. Like that's just, I don't know. But anyway, that's just me. Um, so I got out in nature with Mike and um, I, I, being a new backpacker, I had new hiking shoes and an old pack, which is like a recipe for disaster. Okay, so I was trying to work in my shoes before the trip, but I got blisters on my feet anyway. And, and I had this old pack that was kind of broken and it was weighted weird and it was just killing my back by day three. I mean, it, it, was, a, it was a fantastic trip. Um, uh, but we're on day three, we're hiking and it's like this point A to point B, so it's not a loop. So it's like, we gotta get to the end and Mike knows it. Now, when you're on a trail, 
a hiking trail. There's a thing called uh, the blazes of the trail. And on the main trail, there, a blaze is like a white piece of metal nailed to a tree or, or white paint that tells you you're still on the main trail. You're, you're heading in the right direction. And then along the trail, there are these things called blue blazes. Okay? And a blue blaze is on a, on a tree or, or, and, and it identifies a, a, a trail that goes off the main path for like a scenic view. Okay? You can go over here off the main path and go see this really cool site and then come back and get back on the main path. Now, day three, I'm done with blue blazes. Like, let's get home, okay? Um, but we're hiking along and Mike sees this blue blaze. He's like, I'm gonna go see you up here. I'm like, okay, okay, fine, go ahead. And so um, he goes and he climbs up kind of a steep uh, path and I'm, saying, I'm gonna stand right here and wait because <laughs> I'm just exhausted. And so he climbs up this path and he goes and I can see him at the top and I can see his face and his eyes. And he looks at me and he says, Sai, you gotta come here and see this. See, that's what a witness does. A forerunner. If you want a new beginning, look to your models, look to your witnesses, look to your forerunners who are down the pathways and who are seeing the world and seeing the beauty of God and the redemption of God and the grace of God in the way that you can't see down where you're at. All you see is an uphill climb. And when they look at you and say, hey, come, you gotta see this. You've gotta decide, am I gonna trust their testimony? Am I gonna trust their witnessing? Am I gonna trust their modeling that this is something that I have to climb up and take every painful step after another with the burden, with the pain and work to finally get a glimpse of the beauty and the majesty and the wonder and the awe of how God got me through that little situation, that tough climb, that hardship that I went through, that storm. When I got to the top of that, blue blaze trail. It was this beautiful waterfall. It was worth every step. The reality is it's because I trusted Mike. If you want a new beginning, here's what I came to tell you today. Put this on the screen. The fear of the unknown is overcome by the testimony of the known. Say that with me. The fear of the unknown is overcome by the testimony of the known. Say it one more time. The fear of the unknown is overcome by the testimony of the known. If you want a new beginning, you need a forerunner. You need someone that has gone ahead of you that says, let me tell you my story. Let me tell you how God rescued me from that situation. When we become unfrozen by fear, when we hear someone we know, someone we trust, who we know loves us, telling us that this leap, that this jump, that that step, it is worth it because I, they can see what's at the top of the trail. They've been there before. And they're calling you to a new beginning with Jesus. So um, I'm done preaching today. Um, yes, I have 18 seconds left. Um, I'm not finishing this sermon. We talked a lot about this. Um, we thought about filming some testimonies and sharing them with you all. We thought about having some people prepare some like pre-written testimonies and coming and sharing them on stage with you, but that just didn't feel right. What the Holy Spirit led us today was this. We feel like you all need to finish the sermon today by sharing your stories, by sharing your testimonies. Because I believe this. Revelation 12 says this, that we overcome our enemy by two things, by the blood of the lamb, that the foot of the cross, all of our past mistakes and failures and what's been done to us and what we've done to others, it doesn't matter anymore. It's gone, it's done. Jesus says, it is finished. And so we overcome the attacks of the enemy by the blood of the lamb, but we also overcome by this, the word of our testimony. 
And so we're gonna provide some time, a couple minutes or so, for you all to have a, just a moment of reflection. In your worship guide, there are these three questions. I'll go ahead and put them up on the screen here. This is how they're saying it in their worship guide. It says this, describe a situation where you needed God's help. There's pins on these baskets in this wall in the middle of the room. Go grab one of those pins. I'm asking you during this time of two to three minutes or so, write the answer to that number one. Number two is this, how did God help you in this situation? Write your answer to that. Number three, my encouragement to others in a similar situation is what? And write your answer to that during these two to three minutes. And after those two to three minutes are up, Josh will come up on stage and then he'll cue all of us that now is the time for us to come and remember the blood of the lamb that we overcome him by. Take the body and the blood of Jesus, the communion, that we overcome our enemy by the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And he's also gonna say, during that time, we have four mics around the room that are on. And we're asking you all in this room to come up to one of those mics and to read what you wrote, to share your testimony. Now I'm trusting the room with this moment. I believe what makes this so impactful like it was first service was this, that we were all succinct and stuck to what we wrote on this, on this list so that we can hear many stories because every single one of us, our situations are so different. There's so much variety. We wanna hear as many stories as we can today to celebrate God's redemption and his grace and his sacrifice and the hope and the joy that he gives in the midst of our pain and our suffering. And so when you come to that mic, please honor and, and, and share your story clearly and, and share it with passion and share everything you need to share. But make sure you, you respect the room and know that we want to share as many stories as we can today. And I believe so many of you don't want to share your story today. It is the burden of passing the faith on to the next generation always, always falls on the mature, older believers to step out and lead. So I'm asking you all to do that today. If you've been following Christ for a while, I ask that you set the tone and you set the stage and you come to one of these mics and you share your story. Because there's someone in this room, I was praying for this this morning, that desperately needs to hear your story. So let's overcome him today by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony.